Welcome back, friends, to Hope is a Prayer Away. I am your host, Pastor JJ. And in today's Bible study, we're going to continue our series on all of the judgments in the Bible. So this is part 18 of a 31-part series. And today's title is The Problem of the Futility of Man's Works. So we find that Scripture also teaches us that no amount of human goodness or human works, or human morality, or religious activity can gain acceptance with God or get anyone into heaven. Moreover, the moral man, the religious man, and the immoral and non-religious are all in the same boat, for they all fall short of the glory of God, and we find that that's God's perfect righteousness. So after discussing the immoral man, the moral man, and the religious man in Romans 1.18, and I'll be reading out of the NIV, we'll see what the Bible has to say. So Romans 1.18 is entitled in the Bible, God's wrath against a sinful humanity. Let us read starting at verse 18, please. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and the wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. So for those that are doing things that are wrong and you think you're getting away with it, your day uh, sooner or later will be coming and you'll have to account to the Lord. Amen. Romans 3.8 Why not say, as some slanderously claim that we say, quote, unquote, let us do evil that good may result. Their condemnation is just. Furthermore, the Apostle Paul declares that both Jews and Greeks are all under sin, that there is none righteous, not even one, and all have sinned, and come short of the glory of God. And in Romans 3, chapter 3, verses 9 through 10, we find that the title of this passage in the Bible is, No One is Righteous. What shall we conclude then? Do we have any advantage? Not at all. For we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under the power of sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And added to this are the declarations of the following verses of Scripture. For example, we find that it In Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 9, reads as follows. For it is by grace that you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Verse 9, not by works, so that no one can boast. And in Titus 3, verses 5 through 7, the scriptures read, He saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing uh, 
of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Amen. And Romans 4, chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, and the title of this passage in the Bible is Abraham Justified by Faith. So let us start reading at verse 1 of chapter 4 in Romans, please. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather according to the flesh, discovered in this matter? Verse 2, if... In fact, Abraham was justified by works. He had something to boast about, but not before God. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now, to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the one who does not work but trusts God, who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. No amount of human goodness is as good as God's, for God is perfect righteousness. And because of this, he cannot have fellowship with anyone who does not have perfect righteousness. Habakkuk. 113. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? Before God, we all stand naked, helpless, and hopeless in ourselves. No amount of good living will get us into heaven or give us eternal life. What then is the solution, my friends? It's simple and it's free. It's to accept the Lord, to repent of our sins, and in return, we'll have eternal life with him forever and ever. And you know, as, as we read these, uh, these passages, I want to harp on a little bit on people that have been run out of church or people that have that have been told, well, you're this, you're that, and you're full of sins and, and you know, you're going straight to hell. Friends, I got news for you. There's not a single person on this earth, starting with myself, that is free of sin. Nobody. Furthermore, there's not a pastor there's not a, a, a church deacon or a bishop or anyone that can send you to hell. That is not true. I can't even send myself anywhere, much less you. And also, you know, we touched a little bit briefly on the verses that talk about buying your way into heaven. Friends, if you don't accept Jesus in this life, your family can be billionaires. That will not save you. That will not get you out of Hades. 
that will not get you out of the final judgment, which is to be in the lake of fire. Don't let anyone fool you. There's no money that you can give to buy your way into heaven. Remember, it's a free gift that we earn, or not that we earn, but that we receive by faith in Jesus Christ. So don't let anybody tell you, oh, if you give such a such a donation because we're planning on doing another church building, uh, I'm sure that the Lord's going to look good on your on your family member that you believe is in hell. Number one, how do you know that that person is in hell? How do you know that that person didn't accept Jesus before dying? You don't. Neither do I. And let's just say that that person that that you're fearing is in hell is in hell. There is not anything that you can do to get them out. Don't be fooled. Don't be swindled. Remember that there are wolves in sheep clothing in church. There always have been. And as we look at church history, we find the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Remember them? And they were doing business in the house of God. But my friends, today is your day. Jesus, you know, has been calling you for a long time. And we are so blessed that he doesn't want to punish you. He's not going to tell you I told you so. No, friends. I want you to picture in your mind yourselves how you extend your arm out to greet someone that you know. And how would you feel if that person walks by and doesn't shake your hand? That's how Jesus feels, for he's been extending his hand to you for many days and months and years, and you've just walked by. But you know, he's a God of forgiveness, and he wants to have your fellowship. He wants to love you. He wants to help you. I don't care what you have done. If you repent with a, with a truthful and a contrite heart to the Lord, you are forgiven. And if you're in jail or wherever you are, Jesus is going to use you to spread the gospel of hope anywhere you may be in any setting. And remember, there's not one that is righteous. So you may be a prostitute. You may be gay. You may be an adulterer. You may be um, hooked on drugs or alcohol. Friends, Jesus loves you. He's going to forgive you. He wants to come into your life and bring you instant relief, instant love and hope and happiness as only he can do i'm going to i'm going to say a prayer and if you would like to receive jesus into your life please say say along with me 
or read along with me the prayer. Heavenly Father, I come before your throne. I ask you for forgiveness of all of my sins. This day, Father, I want to take your hand. I want to make you my Lord and my Savior. I ask you, Father, to give me eternal life. I want to be in heaven with you, with God the Father, with God the Holy Spirit, with the angels. And I accept the sacrifice that you made for me on Calvary, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, amen and amen, Lord. Friends, if you said that prayer, I do believe you were born again. I encourage you, find yourself a good Bible preaching and teaching church. I encourage you to go to a bookstore, Bible bookstore, so that you can sample the different translations that there are of the Bible. And so that you can read them and find out which one stands out to you as you read the Bible. And then I would encourage you to go to your weekly Bible studies, to your Sunday schools, to your sermons on Sundays. Take copious notes. And then when you come back home with all of that information that you've just learned or you're about to learn, I would encourage you to ask the Lord to open your understanding of the scriptures. And then I would ask you to ask the Lord to give you remembrance of what all the information you have been put into your brain. And thirdly, most importantly, is to be gentle. Remember, we're all sinners. We all fall short of the, of the mark. That's what it is. When we say sin in the Greek, it, mi- it means that we miss the mark. Amen? And all of us have missed the mark. Please, if someone accepts Jesus with you and they can find something that they're going through, please don't expose them. Please don't tell anybody in the church. For I have seen that sometimes people will confide in a more elderly person or in the faith. And that person tells everybody, oh, so-and-so is going through this. And you know that eventually it gets back to that person. And the person leaves with their family. And sometimes they never come back to church because they can't, they feel they can't trust our people in churches. So please don't say nothing. Just think about it if it was you and, and something about you that you wouldn't want anybody else to know how you would keep silent. Pray for them, encourage them, follow up with them, and help them. That is your, that is our goal. Amen. So I close out every podcast in remembrance of the late Pastor John H. Osteen, for he coined a phrase that is the best phrase I've ever heard from any pastor, and I'm going to read it to you, but I want you to know that he deserves all of the credit. And Pastor Osteen would always close out all of his TV sermons with the following phrase. 
He would say, friends, keep Jesus first place in your life, and he will take you places that you've never dreamed of. Amen. Friends, thank you for your time and for the sincere privilege of being able to share Christ with you. And I will look forward to talking with you tomorrow on our podcast. May his blessings be upon you and yours today and always. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, friends.